My aunt used to continue to ask to continue to ask a question that she seemed to have no answer for. She used to question and say, why is life so hard? She said that all the time. Why is life so hard? Why does, why does everything have to be so hard? Well, well, by life she meant existence in this world is hard. Hard, as in that which is stiff. Hard, that which is rigid. Hard, that which is not easily bent. Hard, that which is demanding and strict. That which requires a great deal of mental and physical effort. She was 88 when she succumbed to cancer. And I suspect she went to the grave not knowing the answer to her question. I don't think she ever knew. But I do believe she was absolutely right in her observation. Existence in this world is hard. Existence in this world is stiff. It is rigid and not easily bent. Existence in this world requires personal responsibility. This world demands mental effort and physical exertion. This world is uncompromising. This world makes no allowances for ignorance. The fact that one does not understand what this world requires did not, does not lessen the consequences of uninformed decisions. This world has no empathy for weakness. In fact, according to this world, it is acceptable for the strong to devour the weak. This world has no consideration for frailties. It has no mercy on those driven by their insatiable need for sensual pleasure. This world has zero tolerance for shortcomings. It has no sympathy for those who cannot measure up to the standard by which it measures success. Without compromise, this world demands that its requirements for existence be met. And those who cannot meet its demands are kicked to the curb and treated like worthless human beings. But we still haven't answered the question, have we? Why is existence in this world so hard? Why is this world so stiff? so rigid and so unyielding. Couldn't there have been a better way for humans to exist? Well, it didn't start out this way. And it certainly wasn't God's plan that the existence in this world be hard. The hardness of day-to-day -day human existence is the direct consequence of the first man and woman's Disobedience. Genesis 3.16. Genesis 3.16. The Lord says unto the woman, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception. In sorrow thou shalt bring forth children, 
and thy desire shall be to thy husband, and he shall rule over thee. So because of disobedience, the first woman would experience great sorrow. She would be cursed with a curse that would cause her to experience regret and sadness. How? Through childbirth. Not only would birthing a child be a painful experience, but in sadness she would raise her children. And because of her disobedience, while she loved and desired her husband, she would be subject to his potential to abuse and misuse his control over her. Hmm. Verse 17. And to the man the Lord said, Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and hast eaten of the tree of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it, cursed is the ground for thy sake. In sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. Thorns and also and thistles shall it bring forth to thee. And thou shalt eat the herb of the field. In the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread. Till thou return unto the ground. For out of it wast thou taken. For dust thou art. And to dust shalt thou return. Simply because he couldn't obey one simple commandment. All of that. So because the first man listened to his wife and disobeyed, the Lord God would no longer provide for them. Man would be cursed with the responsibility for his existence, and his existence would be hard. He would have to work for his food. The ground would be cursed. Instead of edible food growing up from the ground without any of his effort, he would be required to toil and sweat and, and work the soil to get the food they needed. Man would now have to work hard to maintain their existence. This would be the sentence for their disobedience to God. Their existence in this physical world would be hard. It would be stiff. It would be rigid and it would be unyielding. I say it again. In this existence in this world would be hard. But you know what? None of us were there. I mean, I wasn't. I wasn't there when he said, don't, when the Lord said, don't eat. But we have to deal with the consequences, don't we? Thank God for Jesus. I'm going to get to that in just a minute. So, therefore, and Adam called his wife Eve, verse 20. And Adam called his wife's name Eve. Why did he call her Eve? Because she was the mother of all living. Verse 20, Genesis, uh, Genesis uh, uh, 320. Is it 320? Yeah, 3:20. And Adam called his wife's name Eve because she was the mother of all living. So if Eve is the mother of all living, then Adam is the father of all living. And because life would be hard for them, life would be hard for all living. Does that make sense to you? Eve was the mother of all living, and if Eve was the mother of all living, then Adam is the father of all living. And because, and because uh, life would be hard for them, life would be hard for all living. 
Therefore, the answer to my aunt's question to why life and existence in this world is so hard, it's simply because the father and mother of all living disobeyed God. And that's why. And insofar as God did not create any more human beings after the first man and woman, every human being is a descendant of the first man and woman. That's why it's absolutely ridiculous for them to put an S on the word R-A-C-E. There is only one race. Because we all came from the same first human man and woman. We're all inbred. <laughs> Every human being is a descendant of the first man and woman. And the disobedient nature of the first man and woman, you know what? It just resonates in our genetic code. <laughs> hmm. By one man sinned into the world, entered the world, and death by sin. And so death passed upon all men, for all have sinned. Romans 5.12. So sin just resonates in us. Every human being is a descendant of the father and mother of all living. Therefore, every human being is born with a disobedient and sinful genetic code. Did you realize, ever think about the fact that you never had to teach your child a lie? You never had to teach your child to, to, to steal? So every human being is born with disobedient and a disobedient and a sinful genetic code. So because of one man's disobedience now, not only are all of his descendants disobedient sinners, all of his de de descendants, all of his descendants comprise the disobedient and sinful world. We make up the world. We understand that the descendants of a father and mother are called what? The descendants of a father and mother are called what? They're called children. So, if the father and mother of all living were disobedient, then their offspring are the children of disobedience. Ephesians 2.1. Ephesians 2.1. If the father and mother of all living were disobedient, then their offspring are the children of disobedience. Ephesians 2.1 And you hath he quickened, who were dead in trespasses and sin, where in time past ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. Is that what it says? Among whom also we had our conversation in times past. Conversation here does not mean talking. It does not mean a verbal interaction. It means behavior. The actions, our behavior, what we do. And we all had our conversations. We all had the behavior in times in the past, in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. So simply stated, human beings are genetically the children of disobedience. We're not taught how to be rebellious. It's in our genetic code. We're not taught how to lie, cheat, or steal. It's in our genetic code. We're not taught how to be cruel and insensitive to one another. It's in our genetic code. We're not taught how to be verbally and physically abusive. It's in our genetic code. We're not taught how to be selfish and self-centered. It's in our genetic code. We're not taught how to be angry and hostile. It's in our genetic code. 
And the reason existence in this world is so hard is because the world is a synonym for the children of disobedience. So we're in a rebellious, sinful, hateful, cruel, lying, cheating world because that's the, what the children of disobedience do. They lie, they cheat, they steal, they murder. Hmm. So the world and the children of disobedience are the one and the same. The children of disobedience are dead in trespasses and sins. The children of disobedience, listen, the children of disobedience hold positions in government. The children of disobedience control financial institutions. The children of disobedience run corporations. The children of disobedience make the laws to fit their disobedience. The children of disobedience decide who is the majority and who is the minority. The children of disobedience influence the beliefs and practices of society. The world is evil because the children of disobedience are evil. This world is wicked because the children of disobedience are wicked. This world is hard, cold, cruel because the children of disobedience are hard, cold, and cruel. That's a dismal picture. The children of disobedience are the rulers of darkness. They are spiritual wickedness in high places. This world is hard because the children of disobedience make it even harder. The spirit of diso disobedience is in them. It's the same spirit now that beguiled the mother of all living into seducing the father of all living. She was seduced into, uh, into deceiving and seducing the father of all living. And the same spirit that, that seduced him is the same spirit of the prince of the power of the air. It's the spirit of evil. It's the spirit of rebellion. It's the spirit of the devil. It's the spirit, as he says, that now worketh in the children of disobedience. And there was silence in heaven. So what's the solution? What's the answer to this wicked? evil, hard, and cruel world. Romans 5, 6. Romans 5, 6. Don't get depressed. For when we were yet without strength, in due season, Christ died for the ungodly, for scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. Oh, but God commended his love toward us. And that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more then, being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if when we were enemies... We were reconciled to God by the death of his son. Much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. So in our weakness, in our inability to defend ourselves against the evil that is in our genetic code, Christ died for us. 
While we were dead in trespasses and sins, Christ died for us. While we were the children of disobedience, Christ died for us. While we were yet enemies, Christ died for us. And according to scripture, we know that God was in Christ. So if God was in Christ and Christ died for us, then God died for us. And when God died for us, he commended his love toward us. He commended his love toward us. Commend is a compound word. Co and men. Co as in jointly together. Co, co as in jointly together like a pilot and a co-pilot. Mend, M-E-N-D, to improve something or restore something to make it to a satisfactory condition. So the Lord then commended his love toward us. His love came jointly together with us in our sinful condition to do what? To improve us and to bring us back to where we were before the father and mother of all living disobeyed him. And not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have now received the atonement. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. So to, 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 to atone is to make amends, and to amend is to restitute, to return something to its rightful position. So God commended his love to make amends. He commended his love to return the children of disobedience back to himself. There was an interesting com uh, 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 comment Sister Swansea made this morning in, in Bible study. We were talking, and she realized that God, yes, he did it for us, but he also did it for himself. He went to the cross for himself. Why? Because he promised himself that he would have a people called by his name. He promised himself before he ever said be, I will have something with my uh, being with my intelligence. I will have something that I can interact with that's not like the angels. I will have a people called by my name. And, and I know that if this man that I created, if he sins, I've still got to got to make a way. I, got to deny, I cannot deny myself because I promised myself that I would have a people. So when this man that I created, when he disobeyed and caused, uh, uh, caused sin to come into the world, I knew then that I would have to do what I had planned to do. And that is I have to go to the cross. I have to suffer. I have to uh, die. I have to shed my, let him break my body. I have to shed my blood. Why? Because I promised myself that I would have a people. So not only did I do it for them, I did it for me too. Because I will not deny myself. I am faithful to myself and I've got to have a people because that's what I want and I am God. So for the joy that was set before him, the joy of being in fellowship with us who accepted the gospel. He saw each and every one of us that God saved as he hung on the cross. He saw each and every one of us that would accept the gospel. The scripture says that the, the heavens and the heavenly hosts rejoice when one saint, one sinner gets saved. Hmm. So Sister Cookie, that day you got saved, heaven was rejoicing well, along with you. So we fulfill his purpose. And that's why he loved us so much. Why? Because he loves himself too. Did you get that? He loved what he brought into existence. Why? 
Because when he breathed the breath of life into that living soul, something came out of him and went into that, that pile of dirt. Soul came out of him and went into that, that, that what he formed. Intelligence came out of him and went into that form of being just like himself. God is soul. That's who the Holy Ghost is. The Holy Ghost is the soul of God that he revealed to us. I hope that made sense to us, to you. So he commended his love to us. His love came jointly with us in our sinful condition to improve us and to bring us back to where we were before the father and mother of all living disobeyed. So he commended his love. He made, he made amends. 2 Corinthians 5.19 2 Corinthians 5.19 God was in Christ. What was he doing? Reconciling the world to himself not imputing their trespasses unto them. So disobedience separates us from God and made us his enemies. However, he reconciled us back to himself by his death through Christ Jesus. He sacrificed his body and blood to return to himself what is rightfully his. Did you get that? He sacrificed his body and his blood to return to himself what is rightly his. We belong to God. The scripture says that. Know ye not you are not your own? That you are bought with a price? You've been bought with the precious blood of Jesus. And you are now not your own. You are now his purchased possession. But you know what? I don't mind being owned by God. I don't mind by being his purchased possession. I don't mind by being, uh, being uh, showing his glory. Mm. Use me, Lord. Use me, Lord. Have your way in my life. I surrender to you, Lord, because I know what you did for me. You did it for both of us. Because you want to be with me just as badly as I want to be with you. Mm. And so he sacrificed his body and his blood to return to himself what was rightfully his. And if we repent from our disobedience, if we ask him to forgive us of our disobedience, if we are baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of our sins, if we receive the indwelling of his holy soul, evidenced by speaking in tongues, as he gives us the utterance, then you know what? All of our sins, are pa all our past sins, our present sins, and our future sins are forgiven. And someone had the audacity to think that you can backslide. He went to the cross. He shed his blood to purchase our redemption because he knows we can't go without sinning. It's in our genetic code. David said it very well. I was conceived in sin and in iniquity when my mother conceived me. So he knows where our weakness is. That's why he died to save our souls. Not our flesh. So as long as you're in this body of sin, you're going to sin. You're in a body of sin, so you're going to sin. This body of flesh. But the beauty of it is, what he accomplished on the cross is that when I succumb sometimes to the weaknesses of my flesh, it cannot be charged to the account of my soul. Because he knows, he's touched with the feeling of my infirmities. He knows I'm mentally weak. He knows that my flesh can sometimes take advantage. He knows that. That's why he went to the cross. 
And all I have to do is, is repent and say, Lord, forgive me. And he says, if you confess, I will forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. And to think that you can keep yourself saved is really arrogant and idolatrous. Because you're saying that you have more power than God does. Hmm. I'll get away from that. Ephesians 5.1 So no longer will we be called the children of disobedience. Our genetic code now will be changed from carnal to spiritual. And we are now, Sister Cooper, we're called the children of of light. We will be the born we will be born of the spirit and the holy ghost will be our father. We have a new father now. Adam is no longer our father. God is our father. The holy ghost is our father. We have stepped out of the world of, of evil wickedness and sin and we are now in the marvelous light and glory of God our father. Ephesians 5:1 be ye therefore followers of God as dear children and walk in love as Christ also hath loved us and hath given himself for us. Verse 5. For this ye know that no whoremonger nor unclean person nor covetous man who is an idolater hath any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Those are all the works of the flesh. So the flesh has no place in the kingdom of God. And let no man deceive you with vain words. Here it comes. For because of these things cometh the wrath of, of God upon whom? The children of disobedience. Be not ye therefore partakers with them. Come out and be separate from them. For ye were sometimes darkness. All but ye are light in the Lord. Now walk as children of light. So because of sin and the children of disobedience, existence in this physical world is hard. And the remedy to this hard world is love. The same love that God commended toward us. He says walk in love. But how do we walk in love? He says following Christ as dear children. He says, be not ye therefore partakers with him. In other words, it's our choice. After we're born of the spirit, we have a choice. We're no longer forced to do the things the children of disobedience do. The children of disobedience are in darkness. They're held captive by the darkness of sin, death, and disobedience. But the Bible says, those who are born again, we are a chosen generation. We're a royal priesthood. We're a holy nation. We're a peculiar people. And we show praises to him that called us out of darkness and brought us into his marvelous light. Which at times we were not a people. Oh, but now not only are we the children of light, we are the children of God. Being born again means we're a royal priesthood. We can go to God for ourselves. Being born again means we are the chosen of God. Once again, once again, we now belong to him. I am his and he is 
mind. Being born again means we are holy. We are separate. We are set apart. And we are now distinctly different from the children of disobedience. Being born again means we are the children of light. We're the children of God. We're the children of the Holy Ghost. He is our Father. He shed His blood for us. And we've been born again. We have been born into Him. Once we were not a people, but because of his sacrifice, because of his body that was broken, because of his blood that was shed, we are now the children of light. Mm. Because we repented of our sins and went down in the waters of baptism in the name of our Father. We're no longer the children of disobedience and the children of darkness. We're the children of God and the children of light. And although now we are in this world that is hard, we are not of this world that is hard. And I'm going to let you in on a secret. The easiest way and the best way to get through this hard, evil, wicked world is to live according to the word of God. Because you know what will happen? The word of God will make a way for you where there is no way. The word of God will make it easy where it was hard. The word of God will make it good where it was cruel. All things work together for the good to them that love the Lord and are the called according to his purpose. So it might be bad for some, but it'll work out good for you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Built into the word of God is a good life. Built into the word of God is a good life. All you got to do is live according to the word of God and you will experience his goodness. He is his word and his word is him. Matthew eleven twenty eight. Matthew eleven twenty eight. Jesus says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. And what will you do, Lord? I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart. And ye shall find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy. My burden is light. So the first human cursed his children with labor and toil. The first human cursed his children and made their existence hard. Jesus came to adopt the first human's children. (laughs) So we won't be orphans. And reverse the curse. So he says, come unto me. Those of you who are burdened with the cares of this sinful world. This world is heavy. This world is laborious. This world is tiresome. This world is burdensome. But come unto me. And I will give you rest. I'll give rest to your souls. I will give mental respite. I'll give mental peace to your soul. Because the peace that I give you, this world can't give you. And if I give you the peace, the peace that I give you, the world can't take from you. Take my yoke upon you. Learn of me. Find out what I'm about. Get to know my word. Get to know me. You'll know me through my word. You'll know me by the experience of my word. You want to experience me? Just live according to my word. 
Just live according to my word. I'm your heavenly father and I know your needs before you ask. So all I'm asking you to do is just live according to my words and you'll experience my goodness. I will not deny you. I will not withhold any good thing from you. My yoke is easy. Yoke means we're hooked up together. We're joined together. And being joined together with me is easy. Being joined to me together is pleasurable. Being joined to me brings peace to your soul. Being joined with me puts joy in your soul, puts peace and joy in your heart. Being joined to me, to, together with me, there's a, there's a blessed assurance. There's an inner consolation to know that I am with you and I will never leave you and I will never forsake you because we are hooked, we are yoked together. Being yoked together with me is not like being yoked to the world. My yoke is not hard. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. Yes, there are some conditions though. You must do things to be yoked with me, but you still, even what I'm asking you to do, is not hard because I've given you the ability to do it. I've given you the measure of faith. So put your faith in me and I'll never disappoint you. Put your faith in this world and you will be disappointed. Put your faith in your job and you will be disappointed. Put your faith in the government and you will be disappointed. But you put your faith in me and I will never ever make you ashamed. I will never ever let you down according to my word. My word is who I am and I will not go back on my word. My word is sanctified. My word is holy. My word is a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path. My word can lead you. My word can guide you. My word will keep you in perfect peace if you keep your mind stayed on my word. You, got to, we, you must obey. Believe and obey the gospel that I've revealed. You must be born again. You've got to be born out of this world and into my world. You've got to be baptized in my name for the remission of your sins. Because they whipped me all night long for you. I carried that cross up that hill for you. They nailed me to the cross for you. The blood came streaming down out of my body for you. I hung my head and died for you. Then I went down to hell and I set the captives free and I set you free too for you. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. Come unto me. Come to me. Come to me. And I'll give you rest. I'll give you the kind of rest that you can't even explain. Give you the kind of rest that you can't even figure out. And I'll give you the rest of the rest. You'll be my begotten. You'll be my child. You belong to me. And I will take care of you. John 5.1 John 5.1 Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And everyone that loveth him that begat loveth him also that is begotten of him. 
By this we know that we love the children of God. John 5, 1. 1 John 5, 1. When we love God and keep his commandments. For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments. And his commandments are not grievous. Is it 1 John? This says, what does it say? His commandments are what? Not grievous. He says, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. So once you're born of the water and of the spirit, you have overcome this wicked world. You've overcome this evil world. You've overcome this hateful and cruel world. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world. Even our faith. Who is it he that overcometh the world, but he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God? So the children of God are begotten of him. They are born of God because they believe that Jesus is the Christ. The children of God have overcome the world. We don't have to sing that song, we shall overcome, because we have overcome. The day that I repented of my sins, the day that I went down in the waters of baptism in the name of Jesus, the day that I received the indwelling of the Holy Ghost, evidenced by speaking in tongues, is the day that I overcame the world. Mm, And that is the victory. I have victory over this world. I have victory over the enemy of my soul. I have victory over death, hell, and the grave through my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself a ransom for me so that I could be yoked up with him. Hallelujah. There's no other person I'd rather be yoked up with than Christ Jesus, my Lord and Savior. We're the children of God. We're no longer the children of disobedience. We keep his commandments and his commandments are not hard. His commandments are his yoke and his yoke is easy. It's not hard for me to love you because God loves me. It's not hard for me to love myself because Christ loves me and gave himself a ransom for me. And if he gave himself a ransom for me and he loves me, then he gave himself a ransom for you and he loves you. And if I love him, then I will love you. That's what he commands me to do. And it's not hard for me to love you. It's not hard for me to love you. Why? Because I'm keeping his commandments. And he said his commandment isn't hard. It's not hard for me to love you. It might be hard for you to love me. (laughs) But it's not hard for me to love you. Because his love is in me. And as a matter of fact, it's not my love that's loving you. It's his love. It's the love of God in me that's loving you. So we keep his commandments. His burden is light. You know, this is an interesting play on words. Because by definition, a burden is a heavy load. A burden is a worrisome responsibility. A burden is hard to carry. And this makes perfect sense because for the children of disobedience, existence in this world is is a hard and heavy burden. That's why some of them check themselves out because they can't stand it. There's nothing in them to help them to, to, to come against this evil and wicked world. And I feel for people that commit suicide. That young lady that jumped from a 15-story penthouse uh, uh, building. 15 stories she jumped. 
And by the world's standards, she had everything. She had money. She had fame. She had good looks. She had it all. But the one thing she did not have, and I know she didn't, she didn't have Jesus. She didn't have Christ. Because if she had Christ in her, there's no way she would have jumped from that building. And it's, so, it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking for someone to feel so hopeless and so despondent and so discouraged and so let down that they're willing to jump from a 15-story building. That was a painful death. Aren't you glad you're saved? Aren't you glad you got hope in you? Aren't you glad you got the hope of glory in you? You've got confidence in the word of God. You've got peace. You've got joy. You've got confidence. You are optimistic. You are not a pessimist. You've got the spirit of optimism in you because you've got the God of hope in you. And the God of hope is our optimistic expectation of, of seeing him. And so we can face the world. We can stand the pain. Weather the storm and even the rain. Because we have the Lord. We have, and as long as we have Christ, we have all we need. I hope you're getting something out of this. Those of us who really are in Christ, we don't really have any burdens. Now we deal with the consequences of the choices of those we love and care about. But we live according to the word of God. And if you live according to the word of God, your life is going to be easy. It's going to be easy. And it's not him just blessing you like arbitrarily. It's because you're living according to his word because the blessings are in his word. Did that make sense to you? So Jesus gained deliverance from sin and death through obedience. Our freedom in Christ and our freedom and our joy and our happiness and our peace in this world is according to our obedience. Therefore, freedom from the evil that is in this world is through obedience to the word of God. Freedom from the curse of the children's disobedience is through obedience to the word of God. Freedom from the curse of the children of disobedience is through obedience to the word of God. Mm. Escape from the corruption that is in this world is through obedience to the word of God. Know ye not that to whom ye yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death or obedience unto righteousness. But God be thanks that ye were the servants of sin, but ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered to you. What form of doctrine was that? That you got to be born of the water and of the spirit. And then being born of the water and being born of the spirit made you free from sin and you became the servants of righteousness. That's Romans 16, 6, 16. Romans 6, 16. So we're the children of God and we're the servants of righteousness. We obeyed the gospel that was delivered to us. We heard someone tell us that we needed to be saved and we did it. We're the people of God. We're the people of God. We're the people of God. We belong to him. 
We're the children of God. We are yoked together in love with Christ Jesus. You know, when you think about it and believe it and internalize what God did for us and who he is and how real he is and how actual he is. What he did for us. Can you imagine that? No, we can't. But he wants to be in fellowship with us and he was willing to endure all of that pain, all of that misery, all of that suffering, all of that ridicule. They rejected God in the flesh. The very life that he had gave them, they used that energy to crucify him. And with not even a thought, he could have wiped them away instantly. Thank God for his mercy. Thank God for his compassion on us. And I think about Paul. Paul says, what I want to do, I don't do. And what I want to do, I don't do. Who's going to deliver me from this body of death? Oh, wretched man that I am. But we are delivered. We don't have to pray and ask him to deliver us. We are delivered. We're delivered from sin. We're delivered from death, hell, and the grave. We're delivered from, uh, from disobedience. We're delivered from our sins and our iniquities. Why? Because we're yoked together with Christ. John 16.33. John 16.33. It's what Jesus tells us this morning. These things have I spoken unto you. That in me you might have peace. These things have I spoken unto you. That in me you might have peace. In the world you're going to have some problems. You will have tribulation. But be of good cheer. Be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And because I have overcome the world, and because you believe in me, you've overcome the world also. We have overcome this world. We are now yoke fellows with Christ. His, his yoke is easy. And his burden. Is light. Let's give the Lord some praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for your word. Your word is precious to us. We thank you for the plan of salvation by which you rescued us from this evil, wicked, and, and, and sinful world. We thank you for your body that was broken and your blood that was shed. We can't praise you enough and we can't exalt you enough. Thank you for this word in your name, Jesus. Anyone in need of prayer this morning? Anyone in need of prayer?